The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Welcome to episode 31 of Parking the Bus. I'm your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, and today it is a South American edition once again, one of my favorite editions that we come up with uh, of the different formats we do. South American is one of my favorites, and today it's going to be very heavy in Copa Libertadores. We have two match days to talk about, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to start in Group A of Copa Libertadores. And I have it here, the four teams in this group. The defending champions, Palmeiras of Brazil, uh, coached by Abel Freire, the Portuguese manager, um, leads his team on their title defense. And they're joined in Group A by the Copa Sudamericana winners, who actually beat Palmeiras in the Supercopa. It is Defensa y Justicia. And they are joined by Ecuadorian side Independiente del Valle and the Peruvian side Universitario. Match day one in this group, and it was 1-1 Independiente del Valle versus Defensa y Justicia. The match was played at Estadio Rodrigo Paz Delgado in Quito, Ecuador. And uh, the goals on that night, the seventh minute, it was Defensa y Justicia with Rotondi scoring. And then Ortiz leveled for Independiente del Valle in the 28th minute. Independiente del Valle managed by a manager I'm also very familiar with. That is the, another Portuguese manager. Both Portuguese managers found in this group in this competition. Renato Paiva, the manager of Independiente del Valle, uh, a club that in 2019 won the Copa Sudamericana. So this was a matchup between the last two Copa Sudamericana winners. And it came out a 1-1 draw, a share of the spoils for each. Both of them took a point home. And um, it was a solid performance for Del Valle, who went through a tough qualifying run, run to get in, uh, famously knocking out Brazilian giants Grêmio of Porto Alegre um, in the final, the final preliminary round and booking their spot here in Group A. And um, it was a good start for, for them. And as for Defensa e Justicia, you have to fancy them to come in second place in this group. Uh, again, they are the winners of the Copa Sudamericana. They are on the up. They have a new manager, though, as Hernan Crespo has left. He has joined I will, He has joined Atletico Mineiro, Atletico Mineiro in Brazil, while their new manager is Sebastian Becharece. And um, a good point on the road at altitude for Defensa e Justicia. The other match going on at the same time featured the champions, and they traveled to Lima, Peru at the Monumental, and they took on Universitario. Let's bring up the stats for that one. I'm going to bring it up right now and go over the lineups even for this one as we have a lot to talk about here, and there it is. 
uh, universitario. And please excuse my my Amazon Echo here. If it starts to talk, I think it just picked something up from me. All right. So Universitario starts out with a 4-2-3-1 formation. And they are, of course, managed by their managers not even listed here. So a little bit of disrespect from FOTMOB too. Uh, Universitario de Deportes uh, in Lima, Peru. Uh, Jose Carvalho is the goalkeeper. Four across the back. Aldo Corzo, Federico Alonso, Nelinho Quina, and Luis Valverde are the four in the back. Two holding midfielders, a double pivot. Gerson Barreto and Armando Alfajeme. And they play behind a three-man attacking midfield quartet. Alberto Quintero, Hernan Novik, and Luis Uriti. And they are playing behind the striker Enzo Gutierrez. And Abel Ferreira would send out a 3-4-2-1 formation. This is more my kind of football here uh, from obviously from the Portuguese manager. But this it's not a Portuguese thing. <laughs> this is I like this formation. Okay. Um, Weverton is the goalkeeper, one of the heroes of last season in, in winning this competition. Three men across the back, Luan Garcia, Gustavo Gomez, and Alan Imperior. Imperior would be the three in the back. Four in midfield, Marcus Rocha, Danilo Patrick Carreiro, and Vitor Luiz, with two in front of them, two attacking midfields in front of them, Rafael de Vega and Ronnie, and they're playing behind the experienced, deadly striker, Luis Adriano, one of their heroes also in last year's run to the title. Um, and it would be it would be Palmeiras starting out the better of the two in this one, as Danilo would score in the 20th minute and then Rafael Vega would double the lead in the 52nd to make it 2-0 to the visitors but then Universitario comes roaring back it is Enzo Gutierrez with a double three minutes apart he scores his first one in the 65th minute then uh, then tallies from the penalty spot to level the match at two in the 68th but then uh, the drama would unfold it would come down to the final closing moments and in the 90th Plus five, it would be the substitute coming on off the bench to become the hero. None other than Renan. Renan Victor would score. The defender would get on the end of a set piece. 3-2 to the visitors to the defending champions. Palmeiras take all three points in match day one and take control of group A after one match day. Moving now to group B. Four teams in this one, as in every group. All right, it is Brazilian side, runner-up of the Brasileiro, Inter Porto Alegre, and they're joined in Group B by the Bolivian side, always ready, Paraguay's Olimpia and Venezuela's Deportivo Tashira. In the first match, uh, we got April 20th is the date of these matches. Both matches kicked off 6.15 uh, local time in the afternoon, obviously, and in Bolivia, in La Paz, it was always ready to... Internacional nil, Abel Braga's Internacional unable to make it happen at altitude. The big thing in Copa Libertadores is the altitude in some of these locations. When you go to Bolivia, Peru, uh, Ecuador, especially Chile even, uh, you play at altitude. Uh, and again, the Bolivian sides always make full use of the altitude here. Always ready. Goals from Salcedo and from Algarañez make it 2-0. Uh, Salcedo scores in the 53rd, while Algarañez scores in the 90th plus 5. And the Brazilian side falls on the road. And, um, well, 
this is a a part of the calendar, a part of the year where a lot of where the Brazilian sides are not going to be as strong. They're kind of in a preseason mode right now. So to play these group stage matches, these competitive group stage matches is asking a lot. Factor in altitude, like I said, in traveling. And it, it was just too much for, for Inter Porto Alegre to to select to to deal with at this time. As it will be it will be um Always ready. That takes it takes the three points. I apologize for the distraction. There's something popped up on my screen, but it was uh it was a it was a match in which Inter is going to want to forget. Okay, um, remember this team led for much of the second half of the season in the Brasileirão last year, crushed at the second to last hurdle, losing to Flamengo and ultimately uh, uh conceding the title, losing in the final match of the season as well. Um, allowing Flamengo, despite their inability to win in the final round, to lift the trophy as champion of Brazil once again. And it doesn't start well. But then again, Inter is playing in the state championships. In Brazil right now, they are playing state championships. And the top teams do not feel their top sides because, well, a lot of their guys are still on holiday, still on vacation, still in, in recovery from the previous season. So they had to field a stronger team that's got less rhythm, less... Uh, they got less less uh, reps this season so far, and obviously caught uh, caught unexpectedly in Bolivia. But you want to talk about upsets? The same thing happened across the continent at the same time. It was in uh, Venezuela in the Estadio Polideportivo de Pueblo in uh, Pueblo Nuevo in San Cristobal. It was Deportivo Tashira three, Olimpia two. The Venezuelan side takes three points here at home. Goals from, from Gomez, Gondola, and Trejo, 16th, 57th, and 80th minute on those goals, while the visitors from Paraguay got two of their own and actually led when Sosa put them in the lead, 14 minutes in. Torres uh, drew level in the 76th before Deportivo Tashiras. Trejo netted the winner in the 80th minute, and basically... It is two upsets to start Group B. So uh, both of the, the two favorites, you would say, is, is Internacional and Olympia to advance. But they both lose on a match day one. Group C, Ecuadorian side of Barcelona, is joined by uh, Argentine giant Boca Juniors, Brazilian giant Santos, and Bolivian side the strongest match day one. Um, these, these two matches were played on separate days. So on April the 20th, it was at the Stadio Urbano Caldera in Sao Paulo, in the Santos district of Sao Paulo. It's Santos nil, Barcelona, Guajanquil two. The Ecuadorian side goes to Brazil and picks up three points in a surprising, surprising result. Garces with the goal in the 53rd minute. And then an own goal from Santos's Pará in the 69th sealed the deal. And the side from Ecuador will take three points with them, leaving behind the Brazilian side. A bit shell-shocked uh, is Santos at this moment. And they remember, they were the beaten finalists last season in this Copa Libertadores. Uh, one day later in Bolivia, in La Paz, we talked about the elevation in the and the uh, altitude in Bolivia, but it was not going to be enough for the strongest to stave off the very strong visitors from Argentina. 
The winners of the Copa Diego, Diego Maradona, Boca Juniors, and the defending Argentine champions get a goal from Villa in the seventh minute. The, um, let's look over these lineups really quickly. As I have those here, the strongest at home would start with Daniel Vaca in goal. 4-3-3 is their preferred uh, is their preferred formation for manager Alberto Gianas. Uh, and he has four across the back. Jesus Sagredo, Gonzalo Castillo, Luis Martelli, and Jose Sagredo as the four in the back. Three in midfield. In the middle is Diego Wajar. On his right is Raul Castro, and to his left, Wille, or Willier, I believe is how you pronounce that. And the three in attack in the center, Jair Reynoso, is partnered by Ramiro Vaca on his left, and Jason Chura on his right, the Argentine side, with their always dependable goalkeeper, Augustin Rossi. They're in a 4-4-2 for manager Miguel Russo. Four across the back, Julio Alberto Bufarini is the right back. Lisandro Lopez, the former Benfica center back, partnered with Carlos Roberto Isquiriel. Sorry, Isquerdos. Okay, <laughs> one of the one of the more difficult names to say. Emmanuel Mas is in there in foreign midfield. Christian Medina, Alan Barella, Agu, uh, Agustin Almendra, and Agustin Obando in midfield behind Sebastian Villa and. Franco Soldano, like I said, um, Sebastian Bija is the goal scorer on this one. Seventh minute, that's all Boca would get. That's all Boca would need as uh, the Genise will take home all three points with them back to Argentina. Group D, Fluminense, River Plate, Santa Fe, and Junior Barranquilla are the team's um, in this one, Santa Fe and Junior are both Colombian sides. And we start with a Colombian derby. It's Junior versus Santa Fe. And this match is played at the Estadio Metropolitano Roberto Melendez in Barranquilla. And we have a goal from Instrosa in the 31st. And then a penalty for Santa Fe. It is Osorio leveling from the spot in the 35th. A point to each. And in the other match, same day, uh, just a few hours earlier in the Maracana, the mythical Maracana, where the final was played last season in Rio de Janeiro. It was Fred getting on the board for Fluminense. And Fluminense would uh, level the score in the 66th. That's because River Plate scored first in the 13th. It was Montiel in the 13th minute from the penalty spot. River Plate and Fluminense, they share the spoils, a point for each. All four teams pick up a point in match day one in Group D. Group E, São Paulo uh, visits Sporting Cristal in the Estadio Nacional in Lima, Peru. And São Paulo makes quick work of Sporting Cristal. Luan Benitez and Eder all scoring 3-0 to the visitors, the tricolor from São Paulo. In the other match in the group, one day later, we're in Uruguay at the Estadio Centenario, another mythical stadium, another historic stadium. Um, the site of the very first World Cup final, mind you, all the way back in 1930. And Rente, Rentistas of Uruguay hosting Racing Santander of Argentina. And it would be the Uruguayan side striking first. And it was Rodriguez scoring and 
let me just ver verify his name. It was Salomon Rodriguez scoring, making it 1-0 for Rentistas. And then we move forward to the second half and Racing would get level. Salomon Rodriguez for Racing Club. And it would be a point to each as well. Moving on now, we have Group E, and it is Argentinos Juniors, Atletico Nacional of Colombia, Nacional of Uruguay, and Universidad Católica of Chile in this group. In match day one, Argentinos Juniors at home to Nacional. 2-0 to the Argentine side. Goals from Avalos and Herrera, 25th and 88th minute, respectively. At the Estadio Diego Armando Maradona in Buenos Aires. Three points for, for the mythical Maradona's former club. One of his many former clubs, Argentinos Juniors. In Colombia, it was Atletico Nacional hosting Universidad Católica. At the Estadio Hernán uh, Ramírez Villegas in Pereira. And it would be Andrade and Duque scoring both in the first half to give the Greens a or Los Verdes a sizable 2-0 lead at the halftime. They would take that lead with them through the 90 minutes, three points to Atletico Nacional. And you've got you've got Argentinos Juniors, Juniors and Atletico Nacional taking home the points in match day one. That was in group F. Now I yes, I had group E. So we go to group G now. Two groups to go. Stay with me. And it is one of the teams I follow closest, of course. It is Flamengo in group G. They are joined in that group by Liga de Quito, Union La Salera, and Belez uh, Sarsfield. Liga de Quito, obviously from Ecuador, Union La Salera from Chile, and Belez Sarsfield from Argentina. Match day one was at the Estadio Jose Amafitani in Buenos Aires, home of Vélez Sarsfield. And Vélez would get the better start with Janssen scoring in the 21st minute. Flamengo would level in the 43rd, thanks to William Arau. And then in the 54th, Vélez Sarsfield would once again take the lead. And it was the same Janssen once again, making it 2-1 to one to the Argentine side. but. 10, less than 10 minutes later, 62nd minute, uh, the referee Wilmer Roldan of Colombia would point to the spot and it would be none other than Gabi Gol stepping up for Flamengo. Gabriel Barbosa opening his scoring account in Copa Libertadores 2021 from the penalty spot. 2-2 at that point. And then 10 minutes from time, the Uruguayan Jorian de Arrascaeta would Put, would, would score the go-ahead goal that would then put Flamengo ahead and would clinch the three points. Flamengo winners on the road in Argentina. It is Les Sarsfield 2, Flamengo 3. And we move then to the next night. The other two sides in the group would square off in Chile in the Estadio Municipal Nicolas Nazar in La Salera. And it would be Union La Salera 2, Liga de Quito 2. And both teams had both of their goals scored by one player. So uh, for the Chilean side, it was Vilches getting the double in the 18th and 70th minute, while Liga de Quito uh, would get goals 
or we'll get both their goals, I should say, from Arce in the 51st and then 83rd minute, respectively. And it is 2-2, so a share to the spoils in this one, um, allowing Flamengo to get the early lead in the group move now to Group H, the final one. And it is the Paraguayan side, Cerro Porteño, joined by Brazilian side, Atlético Mineiro, uh, Venezuelan side, Deportivo La Guaira, and the Colombian side, América de Cali. Uh, the first match kicked off on the 21st of April. It was Deportivo La Guaira uh, at home to Atlético Mineiro. And Martinez would get the Venezuelan side on the board first. He would open the score sheet in the 20th minute. And then in the second half, 65th minute, it would be Zarashu for Atletico Mineiro picking up uh, the, the tying goal. 1-1 is how it would finish a point to each side in Venezuela. A little later that night in Colombia, it was America de Cali hosting Cerro Porteño. And the Paraguayan side on the road in Colombia made the long journey worth it. Goals from Morales. And then one of my favorites, that's right, Taquira Cordoso with the goal in the 90th minute. That's great. Cordoso, former Benfica striker, makes it 2-0 for Cerro Porteño. And the Paraguayan side has the three points. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do that, we're going to look in at the table in Ecuador as we speak and see how things are going in the Ecuadorian First division here as I'm pulling that up for you right now. The Ecuadorian Serie A. So right now the table is as stands and there are matches going on right now. We're in the first phase of the season, the first stage as they call it. And what we have here is at the top of the table in Ecuador is Barcelona Guajanquil with 21 points from 10 matches. Uh, right behind them is Imelec, who have 20 points from nine matches, a match in hand for Imelec. Uh, Musuch Runa is third right now on 18 points. Liga de Quito is fourth, also on 18 points, but with an inferior goal difference. And fifth place right now belongs to Independiente del Valle. They have 16 points from eight matches, two matches in hand on the leaders for Independiente. Sixth place goes to CSD Macará. And they have 15 points. Seventh place is Universidad Católica, 13 points. Nueve de Octubre in eighth, also on 13 points. Delfín also has 13 points, but they're in ninth in all. And those three are distinguished by goal difference at this time. Deportivo Cuenca is 10th with 12 points. Ayucas is 11th with 10. Técnico Universitario, 12th on 9. Manta, 13th on eight. Guajanquil City, part of the City Football Group, uh, of course, parented by Manchester City. And also American fans will be familiar with New York City FC, who's also part of that, that, that family, as is Melbourne City in the Australian A-League. So those are the, um, they're in eighth place, I should say, they're in 14th place, excuse me, with eight points. Olmedo, 15th on six points, and Orense have Five points there at the bottom of the table right now in Ecuador. In Colombia, they are in the playoffs of their championship. And we'll click quickly check in on that one as I bring that up here. And I know we have matches going on as we speak. The round is not yet complete. 
It's known as the Liga Betplay de Mayor for sponsorship reasons. It is Colombia's first division or the Primera Categoria, as they call it. And we are in the quarterfinal stage now. And it is two legs to decide here. So we have our matches to go over. And like I said, this round is, is still going. So this is kind of an incomplete report. But of the teams here, we have Millonarios got it started. Okay, with a nil-nil draw against America de, de Cali yesterday, May the 1st. Right now, Santa Fe, actually this game has has concluded. Santa Fe, nil. Junior Barranquilla, nil. And uh, those are the only two matches to kick off so far. We still have Deportivo Cali versus Tolima. And we got Atletico Nacional versus La Cuadad uh, in the other quarterfinal matches. So next week when we revisit South America, we'll have updates on this. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get back into Copa Libertadores. We got match day two to talk about. And we'll check in with some of the other leagues in South America. This is the Parking the Bus podcast, episode 31, South American edition. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram at PTV underscore media and also on Twitter at the same PTV underscore media handle. And don't forget to check out our brand new website, okay? www.parkingthebusmedia.com. There's always stuff going up there. There's always uh, there's some written pieces. There's videos. I'm going to start putting even more and more stuff there. So be sure to check it out. All right. We'll be right back on the other side. UEFA Euro 2020 this summer here on the Park in the Bus podcast. And welcome back to Park in the Bus episode 31. Let's get back to the Copa Libertadores, and I have it here, and I'm going to pull it up. We're going to match day two. Now we'll follow the same uh, order we did with match day one, and we're going to go start in Group A, of course. So match day two began on the 27th of April, and it was the champions, the Brazilian side, Palmeiras, hosting Independiente del Valle, and you have the matchup between the two Portuguese managers, Abel Ferreira versus Renato Paiva. And it did not go very well for Renato Paiva. Without the great equalizer, that is the aspect of altitude, Palmeiras were just too much for Independiente del Valle. Having already uh, beaten Brazilian opposition on their road to the group stage, you would really, you would really think that uh, Del Valle could have put up a little bit more of a fight, but it just was not going to be their night. The champions were just too, too tough for them in this one. And let's now uh, look at the lineup in this one. I'm going to pull them up and then we'll go over that. So the visitors from Ecuador would start with Wellington Ramirez in goal, of course. Anthony La Land. Landaruzzi would be the right back, Richard Schunke and William Pacho, the center back pairing with Luis Giovanni as the left back, two in midfield, Chavez and Christian Pellerano, three attacking midfielders in front of the double pivot, Brian Garcia, Lorenzo Faravelli, and Jacob Israel Murillo Moncada on the left side. They're playing behind the striker, Brian Montanegro. 
That is the the formation that Renato Paiva put out there, 4-2-3-1. But for Abel Ferreira, he goes with his 3-5-2. And his uh, three-man backline, Luan Garcia, Gustavo Gomez, and Renan Victor. Uh, no surprises there. Five in midfield, Marcos Rocha, Rafael Vega, Danilo, Patrick Carreiro, and Victor Luiz. And two in attack, Ronnie partners with Luiz Adriano. And this was a one-sided affair from the start. All right, we'll run down the goals in this one. It would start with Ronnie in the 11th for Palmeiras at the Allianz Park in Sao Paulo, formerly known as the Palestra Italiana. And Luis Adriano would have would make it 2-0 in the 20th. Then Patrick would make it 3-0 in the 65th. 74th, it would be Ronnie doubling his tally. He's got, uh, he would have two goals on the night, and then Danilo would close the scoring account in the 81st. 5 0 to the Brazilian side. The defending champions make a statement in match day two and take control of Group A in the other match in Group A the next night in Argentina. Estadio Noberto Tomagello. It was uh, in the neighborhood of Florencio Barella. It would be Defensa y Justicia, three, Universitario, nil. Pizzini would score in the 33rd for Defensa y Justicia, while Bo would score in the 71st. And in the 80th, that 80th minute goal would come from the penalty spot. So Defensa y Justicia distanced themselves from, uh, from the other two and pulled themselves within two points of Palmeiras in Group A. Let's go to Group B now. And we have we have Internacional hosting Deportivo Tashira at the Estadio Beira Rio in Porto Alegre, Brazil, in the south of Brazil, in Rio Grande do Sul. And it would be Internacional also having their way a little bit of a a little bit of a revamp, a rebirth, if you will, for the Brazilian side after a disappointing match day one. They went four nil over. Uh, Deportivo Tashira goals from Cuesta, Patrick, Thiago Gallardo, and Yuri Alberto would seal the deal and would send the Venezuelans home with zero points. And as you remember, um, Internacional lost on match day one. Deportivo Tashira won on match day one. And the only thing left to even the table altogether would be what would happen the very next night in Asuncion, Paraguay. Olympia, two, always ready, one. And the Paraguayan side pick up their first three points. And now we have all four teams with three points in Group B. Group C, Barcelona, Guayanquil. They would host the strongest as the Bolivian side would travel to Guayanquil, Barcelona. and I'm sorry, Guayanquil, Ecuador to play Barcelona. And Garces, Pineda, Martinez, and Valverde, uh, an own goal from Valverde, excuse me, would be uh, the notes on the score sheet for that night. 4-0 to Barcelona, Guayaquil, and the Ecuadorian side uh, is perfect through two match days, as is Argentinian Giants, Argentinian Giants Boca Juniors, or Boca Juniors, however you want to say it. They host Brazilian side Santos in a rematch of last year's Copa Libertadores semifinals. This time, however, it would be the Argentine side coming out on top. Carlito Tevez and Sebastian Villa 
with goals in the 47th and 69th minute. And Boca Juniors would take the win 2-0 at home at La Bombonera. And the Argentine side also perfect through two match days. Group D. And you have Colombian side Santa Fe hosting Brazilian side Fluminense. And it didn't take very long for the Rio de Janeiro side. Fluminense to get on the on the score sheet. Who else? It is Fred, the longtime, longtime uh, striker, former Brazil international. He's played in Europe, uh, made a real name for himself in France with Leon. He is still kicking, and he's got he's good for the double here in this one in match day two. Fred scores in the fifth and forty sixth minute. Geraldo would bring Santa Fe one back in the fifty first, but Fluminense leave Colombia with all three points. They remain per they sorry they don't remain perfect. They pick up their first victory of the competition, and it is two to one to the visitors in. Buenos Aires at the Monumental, another historic, another one of the many mythical stadiums in South America. It is the 2018 champions River Plate versus Junior Barranquilla. And you would get, uh, you would pick up goals here. And I'm going to bring up the, the sheet. We're going to talk about this, these lineups real quickly as River Plate, um, always one of the outfits everybody looks at in this competition, one of the teams that really draws eyeballs to the competition. We'll start, though, with the Colombian side in their, their uh, 11 as they, their manager, Luis Perea, goes out with a 4-2-3-1. Sebastian Vieira is the goalkeeper. Fabian Villafara is the right back with Daniel Rosero and Wheeler. Dita as the center backs. Gabriel Puentes is the left back. Double pivot in midfield. Larry Vasquez and Didier Moreno partner up with three in front of them. John Pajoy, Luis Gonzalez, and Freddy Inestrosa um, in midfield, all behind the striker Miguel Borja. River Plate, the Los Millonarios, Las Gallinas, whatever you want to call them, here they are. Franco Armani is the goalkeeper, as always, and it's a 3-5-2 for Marcelo Gallardo, another great manager in South America, someone that the entire footballing world is waiting to make that jump to Europe, but for now, he is still at River Plate. Um, he goes with three across the back, like we said. Paulo Diaz, Robert, Robert Rojas, and Hector Martinez are the three. Five in midfield, and it is... Uh, it is Gonzalo Montiel, and Nicolas de la Cruz, Enzo Perez, Agustin Palavecino, and Fabricio Angileri behind the strikers Julian Alvarez and Rafael Santos Borre. And the goals would come from, Mart from Hector Martinez and from Julian Alvarez for River Plate. They get two. Borja would score in the 90th plus four to cut the lead in half. But at the end of the day, it is going to be a river plate taking all three points and distancing themselves a little bit and keeping pace with Fluminense at the same time in this group, group E. Now it is Racing Santander at home to Sporting Cristal at the Estadio Presidente Juan Domingo Perón in Avelgenda in Buenos Aires as Racing will, uh, will get goals from Caceres and from Chancalay 
at the 13th and the 83rd minute. Gonzalez would score for Sporting Cristal, but not enough for the Peruvian side. They are winless through two match days while Racing uh, pick up their first victory. And at the Morumbi in Sao Paulo, it is Sao Paulo with little trouble taking care of Rentistas as Pablo and Reinaldo score in the 38th and 90th. Reinaldo's goal comes from the penalty spot. Three points to Sao Paulo. They are perfect. We move to Group F. Uh, and in the match, probably of the entire competition so far, it is Nacional versus Atletico Nacional at the Estadio Gran Parque Central in Montevideo, Uruguay. Nacional 4, Atletico Nacional 4. Yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. That is the final 4-4 four, four in this battle of two teams called Nacional. Uh, Burgesio would have a hat trick for the Uruguayan Nacional uh, in the 12th, 51st, and 61st, while Fernandez would score in the 45th plus four. For Atletico Nacional, goals would come from Barrera, Andrade, and um, Barrera would get a second, and then Oriella would have an own goal in the 74th, and it would finish 4 4, a point to each. And in Chile, in the Stadio San Carlos de Aponquindo, it would be Universidad Católica nil Argentinos Juniors 2. Florentine and Hauche would have the two goals there. As we move to Group G, Liga de Quito, uh, Velez Sarsfield. Um, Liga de Quito, 3, Velez Sarsfield, 1. Goals from Martinez Borja. He had, a, he had a double on the night, and Zunino had a goal in the 64th. Well, Galdames scored for Velez Sarsfield. And at the Maracanã, it was a quite easy night for Flamengo as they were convincing in their 4-1 victory over Union La Salera. Gabigol with two, De Hascaeta and Pedro adding the others and the, 2000 and, uh, the 2019 champions start off this campaign perfect. Group H, it would be... Atlético Mineiro on the back of two goals from Hulk, the former FC Porto and uh, Zenit St. Petersburg star would score in the 59th and 63rd, while Sanchez would make it, would pull America de Cali within one, but not enough. Atlético Mineiro to America de Cali one. And in Paraguay, a nil-nil draw between Cerro Porteño and Deportivo La Guaira. And that rounds out the Copa Libertadores. As we'll now take a look at the tables, I'm going to show you on the screen here. As we have it right here, here comes the screen. And now you can see here, Group A, Palmeiras lead the way with six points. These, these tables are courtesy of SofaScore. You can see the URL there in the top of your screen if you're watching. And you can just go there. You can follow this completely. You see on the right, it has all of the players rated. And here are the top players by ratings right now. And you can see that there. So Palmeiras, six points. Defensa y Justicia have four. You see the difference in goals there. Independiente del Valle have one point in Universitario right now with zero. Group B, Internacional has three points, as does always ready. Olympia and Deportivo Tashira. Right now the difference is the goal difference. Group C, Barcelona is in first with six points. Boca right on there. All right on their tails, but you can see Barcelona three goals better than Boca right now. 
Santos have zero, as do the strongest. Group D, Fluminense are tops with four points. Actually, they match River Plate in every single category right now. Uh, straight across River Plate also on four points. Junior Barranquilla have one as does Santa Fe. In Group E, São Paulo, perfect with six points. Five goals scored, none allowed. Racing right behind them with four. Rentistas have one and Sporting Cristal with none. Group F, Argentinos Juniors right there, six points. Atletico Nacional right behind them with four. Nacional with one and Universidad Católica with no points. Group G, Flamengo with six. Liga de Quito, four. La Salera, one. And Belez Sarsfield right now in fourth with no points. Group H, Cerro Porteño right now. Have the, goal have the goal difference advantage to keep themselves top of this group. Four points. Atletico Mineiro right behind them. La Guaira with two points. And America de Cali are at the bottom with no points. And let's see here. Here you see the, the team of the week for round two as decided by SofaScore. Weverton, the Palmeiras goalkeeper, is the selection with an 8.0 rating. Lisandro Lopez, Miranda, and Cuesta across the back. Tavara. Tavara, excuse me, there of, I believe that's Spartan Cristal, an 8.5. Barrera, Diaz, Arascaeta, and Andrade in the midfield behind Burgesio and Fredge. All right, let's take a look, and I believe this can now go to tops. Yep, here, let's take a look at the top goal scorers, if you're watching on YouTube. Fredge, Gabigol, Burgesio, all with three. Walter Bo, Andreas Andrade, Georgian de Arascaeta, Ronnie, Billy Arce, Jarlan Barrera and Juan Caceres all have two goals right now. Okay, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come down, we're just going to finish. Uh, we're going to finish breaking down the rest of the, a couple more of the leagues in South America and take a quick look at the table in Copa Sudamericana. They're also through two match days. This is Parking the Bus, episode 31. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinio, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast here on the BTB Media Network, your English language home of Copa Libertadores. And welcome back to Parking the Bus. And due to kind constraints right now on me, mostly, but we're going to go straight to Copa Sudamericana. We will get to the other leagues in the next edition of the next South American edition. Um, everybody else, nobody else is in any type of chance, in any type of playoff or they're not at the final stage of anything. So, um, we will, we'll catch up next week in the other leagues, but now let's go through the tables here in the Copa Sudamericana. I am just going to rifle them off for you. Group A right now, Dulce de Octubre are in first place with, with four points. Huachepitato are also on four points and the two of them are ahead Rosario Central and San Lorenzo. So the two Argentine sides in third and fourth in Group A. Group B, Independiente of Argentina, six points. They're two ahead of Bahia, who have four. Torque have one, and Guabira have none. Group C, Serra have four. Bolivar, four. Arsenal, Sarandi, one. And Jorge Wilsterman, one. Group D, Mel, uh, FBC Melgar, six. Uh, Atletico Paranaense, six. Those two teams have been absolutely dominant. Uh, Metropolitanos, nil. Ayucas, no points as well. 
Remember, only first place advances in Copa Sudamericana this year. The eight first place teams will join the eight third place teams from the Copa Libertadores in the round of 16 of this competition. Group E, Peñarol, the Giants from Uruguay. Um, they have six points, as they should. They are top of Group E, uh, River Plate of, of Uruguay, also of Uruguay. They have four points, not to be confused with the River Plate of Argentina that we talked about in uh, the Copa Libertadores. Brazilian side, huge Brazilian side. Corinthians struggling two matches in, only one point to show. And Sport Huayacano is fourth with no points. Group F, it is Libertad with six. Atletico Goianes has four. Newell's Old Boys with one. And Chilean side Palestino with no points. Group G, Emelec, six. Red Bull Bragantino, three. Tajeres, one. And Tolima, one. Group H, it's Gremio in the lead with six points. La Cuidad of Colombia have three. Argentine side Lanús with three. Also in at the bottom is Aragua FC, I believe, of Venezuela, bringing up the rear. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this episode 31. Thank you for joining me both on YouTube and on the podcast. It has been a, a joy, as always, to bring this information to you. Episode 32 will drop soon. It's going to be a North American edition. We're going to focus heavily on CONCACAF Champions League. We're going to look at what, what it's looking like for the Liga Mekis playoffs coming up, which start in a week. And we'll check in on the first couple weeks of Major League Soccer, all that. Plus, plus there is a European show coming later this week as well, where we'll go around the European leagues, okay? So that's going to do it here for episode 31. Thank you for joining me on Parking the Bus. Uh, I am the Mr. Mike Augustin. You signing off, asking you to remember to check out www.parkingthebus.com. Sorry, www.parkingthebusmedia.com. .com. Don't forget it, even though I always do. www.parkingthebusmedia.com. Check it out. All right. I'll have more stuff up there um, shortly. Thank you again, and I'll catch you next time here on the PTV Media Network.